Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two. Yes, we're back for a second episode here on FNR Football Nation Radio of the NPL Victoria podcast. Nick Tobano and Lockie Flanagan here. We do apologize for the slight delay. We actually had a bit of a false alarm in here. Now, we thought the building was going to be. We genuinely, down. there was this smell. And it started to reverberate through the studio, and we're like, uh-oh, this is, this is not looking good. So we did a bit of smelling. We smelled all around the studio trying to find <laughs> As the one does during and a fire. We were like, okay, Potential the, fire. the alarm there is... hasn't gone off. There's, there's no smoke. We've, we've t- touched all the potential things that could potentially, you know, cause some destruction in the studio or in the destruction building. Destruction in the box. Great yeah. form of podcast. Shout out to Destruction in the Box. Um, but we are still well and truly here. We're all good for now. Um, so yeah, we're soldiering on and that's a reason why we're 10 minutes late. So if you're listening on the podcast, you're all good. You don't need to worry about it. We are always live live for you you guys. But if you're listening on the app or you're listening on Facebook live or or Twitter or Twitch, wherever you might be getting it, um, we we do apologize for the delay. So we're all good. Our our producer, Oscar Rutherford as well, telling us it's all good. We're all good. Ready to go. He's, he's, he's pumped up. He's ready. He's actually going to be on camera today after Lockie, uh, you know, decided to release the shadow ban that was on him. Okay. Um, well, that's a false narrative. But, but but in all lucky, we're in a very jovial mood here. Uh, we are. Well, it was it was top. look, it was a it was a good weekend of 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 NPL Victoria football. Anytime the top 4 are playing against one another and you have a Dandenong derby yes. all all condensed within a single 48-hour span because we didn't have any Sunday games this weekend. No. We played all the games uh 6 p.m. at Paisley Park between Altona Magic and Heidelberg was the last fixture of the weekend. So it was all crammed into one, and we had first against fourth, we had second v third, and we had a Dandenong derby. We did, and on And top we had a Croatian derby as well, we the had, last we one of the a, season. We had How a Croatian derby as well. We had big games in NPL women's, big games in NPL 2. We can't forget the title race in NPL 2, Lockie. Jesus Christ, that promotion oh, race the is NPL unbelievable. Title race. And in NPL 3 as well, we had some big games as well. Me and Oscar were down at the Melbourne Victory game here on yes. FNF. You Caught that one, that 2-1 two, two win against Springvale Wide Eagles. win for victory. But before we get into the, the big review, obviously our game of the round is Oakley versus Port Melbourne. We caught up with Wade Decker. He's going to go and give us a little bit of a chat about what's going on. He's actually covered a lot of things, didn't we? We covered quite did, a lot of yeah. ground. So, Churches Leagues, uh, his triple hat-trick season, yep. uh, the 2021 and the 2022 two title. Championship. So, whether, whether they actually talk about it, that's the thing. That's Do true. the players actually care? That's actually the first time I've ever like, spoken to like a player yeah, about it before. Does, does so. anyone Anyone else, does anyone else care other than Avondale? That's the question we wanted to ask. Well, I'm not sure Avondale will care that much anymore. Well, I don't know either. if they really do. It's See, like you know what? I find that the less other people have cared about it, the more I have started caring about it. Like yeah. I, I think about it. I think about the 2021 <laughs> title way more than I should. Like, like I, an unhealthily large amount. You know, it's it's funny because I looked at my roster for the next few weeks and I realised that on that Saturday when uh, Oakley plays South Melbourne and that win for Oakley. If they do win that, they could go top they in 2022 and could seal the 2021 championship. And, Lockie, I'm making sure I'm blanking that calendar because, one, I either want to be there, you know, hopefully part of the commentary team, or, two, I want to be watching that game in some form because it is going to be an absolute ripper-dipper, and I cannot wait for that contest. So, you know what, Lockie? I'm fired up. I reckon let's get into it. Let's get into all the big stuff before we get to Wade Decker's interview a little bit later. Well, let's where do you want to start, Nick? Because let's, we, can, we can go in chronological order. We can start with the Dandy Nong well, Derby. That's the juiciest well, why part. Don't we start, oh, no, why, why don't we just start with the Dandy Derby? Because okay, uh, sure. we had our good friend Joey Lynch calling that one uh, down at Frank Holloham Reserve. Dandy Nong Thunder with a 3-1 win over Dandy City. Dandy City back in the relegation zone after that loss. Dandy Thunder, on the other hand, 
Mounting a bit of a case. They're still in that mid-table log jam. They're trying to put together a bit of a run towards the um, towards the top six. They've made some big signings during the week, Lockie, which they I want to ask you about in just a second. But a uh, big win for David Chick's side going into sort of the, the final portion of the season and a bit of bragging rights to go with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a, an important win for, for Thunder, obviously picking themselves back up to, to winning ways after... Uh, a pretty disappointing game, I thought, against uh, against Port Melbourne. Obviously, it's never easy to to play against the Sharkies, and unless your name's the uh, the Oakley Cannons. But it, it wasn't just the fact that they lost, but it was kind of the nature of that defeat. It was mm. uh, pretty one sided in large parts of that game. They found the going quite t- tough. So to score three with your new faces doing plenty of the damage uh, is really really important. And no one exemplified that better than Scott Lockhead. His first game in a Thunder shirt having come across in the mid-season window uh, from the Oakley Cannons as part of a double signing with Anthony Frangie. Both of those players mm-hmm. started, and both of them, from all reports, having cracking games, not least Scott Lockhead, who scored two belters. Yes. Two belters. Two on debut belters. And uh, giving, giving Thunder an important win. And look, maybe... Maybe with the two signings, I know they're still a, a bit of a, the way back from the top six. I don't know. I, I just I'm it, really, it's going to be hard. It is going to be gonna hard. Take a lot, but I think I, I just wonder if maybe we could see a, a little sort of late surge from them. I'm not saying it's a final surge necessarily, but I could see them pull back up because, in particular, uh, obviously we've I've mentioned how well Scott Lockhead played in the actual game, but. I just think over the course of the season, it was weird because I was thinking about it after the Port Melbourne game and I was like, this Thunderside just feels like it's missing something and I can't necessarily put my finger on what exactly that it is. And I was like, it's a, it's a 10. You know, that I, think, I think an attacking midfielder has been a sort of really, really... They've got good midfielders, but a creative-minded presence, I think, has been lacking mm. at times in the heart of that Thunder midfield. Obviously, Ondelesio not being available as an attacking outlet makes that a big problem. And I think that they have really struck gold, potentially, with Scott Lockhead. Obviously, it's easy to say that after he scored a brace, um, but he's a player that, even in his Pasco Vale days, obviously, he initially came across from the UK uh, to be part of the Bentley Greens in 2020. That didn't happen. Uh, played a season at Paco where he ripped it up, a goal-scoring attacking midfielder. That got him the move to Oakley where he just didn't see enough football, couldn't break in. You know, Chris Taylor doesn't make a lot of changes. And I, I think Thunder is a great landing spot for him because they needed a creative presence and already we're seeing him deliver. And I just wonder with him there, with Anthony Frangie as well, who I don't think ever quite looked settled at the Melbourne Knights, but I think Thunder... He's a, he's a player who I think Anthony Frangi really relishes chaotic uh, yeah. environments. We saw that when games were really up and about, uh, argy bargy, that was when he was at his best. Like there was a chaotic game uh, against the Bentley Greens earlier this season for the Knights, where mm-hmm. he ran the show. And I think who are the, who are the best team in the league at creating chaos in their sort of on their home turf? I think it's the Thunder with, with yeah. the incredible fan base they've got. And I could see Anthony Frangie right. and that fan base getting on like a house on fire. So I'm not saying necessarily that they're going to get into the top six, but I could see with those two faces and potentially more, potentially more on the way, I could see them making a late push. Well, Danny Nong Thunder, I'll tell you what, their fans are purring. Bob Brown is up and about after that win. It's a, it's a good result for Danny Nong Thunder right now. They go into a 
A bit of a tough stretch. Uh, Avondale and South Melbourne away before returning to uh, their home comforts to take on Bentley Greens and obviously Knights, St. Albans, Hume, Green Gully to end the season. So they can probably play spoiler. I don't think they can get in the top six. I think that might be a bridge too far considering how six place Heidelberg are playing at the moment. Um, so it's one to certainly keep an eye on. But I don't know. Uh, I, I just I just feel like it's given those two signings have given me a lot more hope. Yes, it's for just Thunder. that it's a lot to make up. Yeah, in a but short it, period. It, of time. Maybe if not for this yes, season, maybe for, next, for next season. season I, I I think that there's a lot to to take out of that. And there's a lot of excitement around Dandenong Thunder going into the end of the season. Uh, it's a big result for them as well. It doesn't matter how poorly Dandy City have played this season, beating them in a derby on the road. It's always a tough game when you're playing against a team that obviously going for bragging rights team that were looking to to make it two wins on the bounce and, you know, back up that win against Eastern Lions. They did get back into the game through Gavin Denise's goal, but in the end, just not enough quality. Uh, Danny Nong Thunder just flexing in the second half, too good for them. Danny City, not the best game from all reports from Steven Topalovic, who was very good against Eastern Lions. Yeah. Um, but Seems of, of all the games that you would expect him yeah, not was, to have an off-colour day on, you'd think the Dandy yeah. Nong Derby so would be it. But. It's, it's, it's going to be a tough one for Lupin Palinic to, to get this team to safety, obviously, with Hume getting, getting some points this week as well. They go into a very tough run now, Dandy City. They're on the road to Oakley on Friday night, then mm. back at home against Altona, Port Melbourne, two very tough defences. But then listen to this. Heidelberg away, Avondale at yeah. home, South Melbourne away, Bentley at home. They're going to have to run the gauntlet and well, some. Well, we, sp- we spoke about this last yes. week, didn't we, in the in the opening show, that you compare their run up against Hume, and now Hume don't exactly have uh, an easy, like, they're not all free hits kind of a run, yeah. but they definitely have more winnable games. Of course, they've got, crucially, a game against the Eastern Lions. And it's away, which season. is actually better for And them. it's away, because uh, as you, you pointed out, Eastern Lions have not won a single... Well, they haven't got, got a, a point. A single point. point. At home, I think in, in nine games, which is, is, is frankly ridiculous. So I think it will have to be I, – I think humour in – obviously they're level on points, but humor, for me, humour in the box in the box seat to stay up. I think Dandenong mm. City are probably going to be the team to go down. I know there are some new faces in the offing, uh, one in particular for City who might come in and, and, and make things interesting. Can we reveal who it is? I don't think we can. Not he's uh, Look, I'll say he's – they're not necessarily of the sort of – A-League men's 2019 triple signing kind of calibre, but they've got a good solid pedigree, and I think they will help to to change the balance in an important area of the pitch. But whether or not that's enough to save this team from relegation, Mm. I I don't know. I think I think I think Hume. uh, I still back in. I still back in Hume. But the mid-season window has still got time. There's still plenty of uh, plenty of time for people to. Be brought in. Well, as we mentioned, Avondale, Dandenong Thunder this Saturday. We'll preview that game a little bit later and Dandy City on the road as well against Oakley. Let's move on, Lockie, to the second of our games to look at. Why don't we go to Avondale versus Eastern Lions? Because this was <laughs> this was shaping up in the first five minutes to be a disastrous day at Avenger Park. Um, well, the, goal, the, goal, Mabratu. The, the first three minutes of this game, some of the most... Action like it, it's actually amazing how the NPL Victoria can manage to pack so much drama into such a small space of time. And I'm not talking 90 minutes here, I'm talking, talking three, three minutes. minutes. Golgol Mabratu pulling his hamstring 31 seconds into the game before he'd even taken a touch. The ball was played forward to him on the left hand side. And you can just see, I mean, if you go watch the replay on, on NPL.tv, you don't have to, uh, don't have to scroll very far forward to find it. Um, yeah, he's, he's, you can just see the hamstring goes. And it, it's, look, it's a real shame 
for him. Obviously, you know me. I'm a card-carrying member, probably even the number one ticket holder of the of the Gold Gold Mubratu fan club. Um, so that's a real shame. Ho- hopefully, seconds. hamstrings are never, never great. Yep. You, n- you never expect a lot with that. Hopefully, it's enough to see maybe him at the back end of the season, but it's not ideal for yeah, him, a, a mid-season sort of marquee-style player. It's a real a, shame. Not at all, but one player who certainly stepped up was Manny Agwek. A 15-minute hat-trick in the second half was enough to give Avondale the lead. Obviously, Costa Emmanuel scored his first goal for Eastern Lions to open the scoring in the third minute, and they held... Avondale at bay until first half stoppage time. And I remember on Saturday, we both did three o'clock kickoffs as well. You were doing Lang Warren Bulleen and I was doing the victory versus Springvale mm. game. And I looked in a, in a lull, just do a quick around the grounds. Yes. Yeah. Right. We had ahead. the exact same experience. Yeah. And I this. was like, whoa, like one, this all. is, this, this is no one nil, one nil. Yeah. One of nil. Course. And then I check again and it was five, one. I'm like, the hell just happened here? Mm. Um, but Manny Agwek, very impressive performance. Three goals. When the damn wall burst, when, you know, as Joey Lynch put it in his article about the Matildas, damn walls are not supposed to burst. But in this case, it certainly did. And the goals just petered through. And it kind of sums up Eastern Lions' season to date that, you know, when they, when they, you know, when they start conceding, the goals just seem to leak. Uh, but Manny Agwek, well, a big performance for him. Uh, we actually had a question come through prior to the show, Lockie, about Manny Agwek. Um, this is easily his best performance of the season since coming in uh, to Avondale in the off-season. What have we got? Well, I mean, Oz, it was the, the question you're referring to. Yep. Is Oz Football Stats asking in relation to Manny Agwek. Obviously, he's on loan from the Mariners. He seems to be finding net recently. Can he make the step up from the NPL? It's an interesting one because, yes, he has obviously scored in back-to-back games now an important goal, a very important goal against Green Gully to get mm. that equaliser in the 90th minute. But I mean, before that, I think it was like a, an eight-game stretch that he'd gone without without scoring. I don't know. It's Would you, would you say that Agwek's time at Avondale so far has delivered on your expectations? Because I don't uh, know. I, I feel like I... I really like Manny Agwek uh, as a player, but I just feel like I, I I expected a little bit more from him this season. Maybe to an extent he's a, as a victim of Avondale's struggles as a mm. collective. But look, I, I, I don't, don't know. think he's I mean, been that bad. No, I think I, just you know the fact that he was in an A League academy for Western United and Central Coast. I think there was a lot of expectation around Manny Agwek, but. I mean, he's still a young player and he's still got time to certainly flourish. I think it's very hard because you look at Avondale's just embarrassment of riches in the final third. Like, you mm, know, that's they've still point. got guys like Yusuf Ahmed and Stefan Valentini and Liam Boland and Stefan Zini, Liston Diaz. Um, they're even playing Joey Katabian now as a six. Like, that goes to show how deep their attacking stocks mm. are. But I think Manny Agwek has still got a very high ceiling. Yeah, that's and true. And I think if he can end this season in the best way possible, considering he's still young, Considering he has been on the books of an A League side before, I think teams would be looking. Yeah, and he's and it's the Australia Cup around the corner as well. We'll That's certainly true. give him that that license. The well. other the other thing I would say, just so um, just so Oz football stats does feel like he's getting a bit of an answer. I'm not just playing a a straight bat. What I do, what I've seen from him in the last few weeks that has really, actually over the course of the season, that's really impressed me that I didn't necessarily know and or expect from Agwek's game. Like obviously we know him as a direct player, someone who can carry. Um, brilliant speed, can find a finish, all of those sorts of things. But one thing that he's got that I didn't necessarily realise before this season that I think would also be of interest to 
to A-League clubs, be it the Central Coast Mariners or others who might want to, you know, give him a run. His vertical ability uh, is incredible. Yeah. Is incredible. I mean, he scored a a towering header early in the season uh, at Knight Stadium in, in that game. Um, where he just managed to to leap higher than uh, than Tom Manos, the the yeah. goalkeeper, and then obviously his no look header against against Gully, where again yeah. he got higher than anyone else and flicked it over the top of Liam Driscoll. I mean that I think that's an asset to his game. You know, usually you've got the aerial ability or you've got the pace in behind. You don't often have both, mm. but Agwek does. Yeah, and I think that is a, a prospect that, especially in a league that like the A-League, is, is, is transitionally heavy. I think he can be a really valuable asset if he's utilised in the right way. Absolutely. So just having a look at Eastern Lions' run, they've gone five games unbeaten now, but you include those two draws, the start of this five-game unbeaten run, and you put it into the three games prior to that, they actually were five games without a win. So they're in some decent form now over the last five games. They're keeping themselves right in the mix for a home final and potentially now for third spot, closing the gap on Port Melbourne to only three points. They're the set, they, over the last five games, they have the second best form behind Heidelberg. Um, they go into a bit, as we mentioned, big game against Dandy Thunder, a great opportunity for them to continue to close the gap and then going into, again, another big game against Oakley at home. So a good run of home fixtures for them because, you know, they're going to have to try and close that gap. They, they want to end this season in a flurry. We know if Avondale just get to the finals... They're a team that no one will want to come up against because they can get it done on the mm. biggest stage. They're a team that is starved of. Well, no, sorry, hang on, hang on. Let me let me rephrase. They're a team that you know you don't want to play in finals they're because compet- they can be competitive. competitive yes. But I should refrain. <laughs> they haven't actually gotten it done on the biggest the biggest stage yet because they still haven't won a piece of silver in the top tier. So we'll see what happens in the next few weeks for them. Meanwhile, for Eastern Lions, seven points inside. Um, you you can't sum it up any differently other than this season has been a complete train wreck for them. They got a new signing out there in Dylan Tate, who debuted against Avondale, new striker they've brought in. Um, but Eastern Lions run now. They go back to their home pastures, taking on South Melbourne, top versus bottom. We mentioned they haven't gotten the point all season. It's going to be so hard for them now. They had, they basically have to go perfect to, to even have a chance of yeah. making it interesting for them. But now, I think with seven games to go, and there's seven points inside. When the fact that there's the yeah, same amount of games left and points you need, it's, it's going to be too hard. I think, I think, I think, I think what's been disappointing. I, I think a lot, a lot of people, even before the start of the season, in recent seasons, were, were probably expecting Eastern Lions when they first came up to be uh, a one and done yeah. team, and they did have a good start to this season. But I, I, I think fairly early on into this campaign, people internal to the the Lions probably saw the writing on the wall and they mm. just d- don't necessarily have the financial acumen to to bring the kind of players in that can keep you up. I mean, you think about the quality of player that's at, I mean, even some of the players at Dandenong City, that the places they've come from that mm. they've played for uh, compared against an Eastern Lions and they're probably still going to go down too. So you compare that against Hume. Hume have got some incredible players. Yeah. So, and that there was just never going to be that much they could really do to rectify that. And I think a lot of people internally were happy to say, look, I think the focus is to just play um, the kids. To, to get to get young players getting minutes at the top flight. And to, to their credit, they have done that. And for them, I think the best possible way to finish this season would be to get a win. They've got, I think, four, just get a win at four home, home games left. I think uh, it's Knights, South Melbourne... 
Uh, Heidelberg uh, and Hume City. Not in that order. I think yep. Hume and, yep. Hume yep. and Heidelberg yep. can switch yep. them around. If they can just get one win, especially if it was against one of the big clubs, Be great to, to them. give them a nice little day out at Gardner's Creek um, with a, a young player scoring, I think I think that would be nice. Unfortunately, we can probably well, draw a line it's... through them in the top flight, but I think if you asked a lot of people at the club, they would probably say we've made our bet with that. Well, it's funny because they started the season okay. Like they were, they pushed Andy Thunder in the first game. They wrestled back a two-goal lead against Oakley and lost in very, very tough circumstances. Beat Altona on the road. And then everything from there just completely unraveled. Like it looked like maybe they could put something decent together this season and be competitive yeah. in the relegation zone. That's the thing, be competitive. But, you know, Kosti Puskashu left and things have just not worked out for mm. them. And when you've got teams in NPL 2 and even in, actually in NPL 3 when you look at Preston spending and getting bigger names in, of course it's going to be tougher for Eastern Lions to stay out when the teams that have the ambition to come into that, that first division are spending much more and have, you know, a much better squad. Like, yeah. putting it bluntly here, you can argue that maybe six, five to six teams in NPL 2 are better than Eastern Lions right now. That, that is no disrespect. It's just because Eastern Lions have gone for the kids. But when you look at, okay, North Geelong, Moreland City, where Moreland City are playing at home, by the way. This is not Moreland City on the road. It's like we talk about Eastern Lions yeah. at I, home. I don't, know. I, don't know if I'd say, I don't know if I'd say five or six, but I do think there is at, yeah, at, like least, at, least, Bale, at least three teams Brunswick, who have got yeah. on paper better, better teams. I, I think that's fair. Um, look, and... and we like the East. They're, they're a club of very nice people. Yeah, they, they've chosen yeah. the, the direction that they have. And look, it's probably going to lead to them going down. But that's okay. Like, the, the like let's not forget the journey they went on to, to get, get the, yeah. promoted to the NPL in the first place under uh, the late Jimmy Williams was remarkable. The fact they've got to this point is is fantastic. I'm just looking at some of the, the comments coming through. Josh Parrish, uh, NPL Victoria commentator extraordinaire, Preston Media Manager, FNR alum, uh, saying that the fact that Manny Agwek has been entrusted with penalties shows how much Avondale believes in him in a way that other coaching staff haven't. So that's an interesting, uh, interesting mm. observation, actually. So yeah. that's a, another thing, another string to add to the bow of Manny Agwek. And then another question coming through from Josh asking if Thunder have taken over the mantle from Hyduk as uh, kings of the mid-season. Maybe signing. that was the, the coronation, the fact they beat them on start. Well, on I, I would have said yes, but we're, we're going to finish off this show with a, a wrap-up of some of the mm. transfers that happened. Before the show, about 40 minutes before the show, I would have said yes. Yeah. But then, 40 minutes to air, uh, Heidelberg have made a double signing that maybe changes my answer, but we'll, in case yeah, you haven't seen course, it, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit let's, later. Let's race Where are we through, going next? Let's race through the rest of the games, Lockie, because we do have to get to our Wade Decker interview. Um, let's go back to Friday night, South yep. Melbourne nil, Green Gully nil. Um, apparently, by all reports, a really good game well, of football. I actually, I actually watched this game back. Mm. Uh, I was I was commentating on the Friday night. I was at, I was at Summers Street doing Melbourne Knights St. Albans. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that soon. But th- this was genuinely one of the better nil-nil games that I have seen. Wow. Like, we're talking three shots off the crossbar, two for Gully, both from Gianluca Iannucci, uh, one for South Melbourne from Ben Jibber across the course of the mm-hmm. 90. It's very rare that you get three crossbar hits in one game and you end without a single goal. It was Look, it was a great game. Uh, Gully started really, really brightly. Uh, South Melbourne... Uh, I think maybe had a little bit of a difficult time dealing with the sort of intense high pressing that we we saw from Gully that worked for them against Avondale in the first thirty minutes as well. Um, 
Javi Lopez had to make an unbelievable one of one of the best saves that I've seen this season um, to deny Alex Salmon on about thirty minutes. Uh, as a, a volleyed effort from Salmon on a ball over the top, and Javi Lopez gets the left palm down to it to tip it away. It was just absolutely ridiculous, Incredible. and it really ended, did end up being a night for the goalkeepers because uh, Liam Driscoll also with an incredible save uh, a few minutes later. Uh, I think it was Marko Jankovic who smacked it from uh, across into the middle. And Liam Driscoll made the save. It was described as an incredible save, and it was. But it was a Scott Sterling moment. I watched it back. It comes clean, wow. clean off his face. The Falcon. As he makes the save. And then in the second half, uh, South, they took a little bit more control uh, of the game. They probably created the better of the goal-scoring chances in the end, the balance. However, right before full-time, Javi Lopez had to make another another ridiculous save, again off Salmon. Uh, it was a deflected shot, so Javi Lopez had to readjust. And what really impressed me is not only did he get across to make the save, but he had Matt Crooks rushing towards him, ready to bundle home the rebound. So you're expecting Javi Lopez, he gets the hand, it dribbles towards Crooks, and he Thwacks yeah, it, into, it yeah. into the net. But he managed to get the palm to it and tip it up, like almost like volleyball-style spike it up away out of danger. So incredible saves from both keepers. Um, Javi Lopez continuing to justify the little swap that went on mm. between uh, him at, at Bentley and Pierce Clark, then at South Melbourne. Uh, but a cracking game, maybe in the end to draw a fair result, but I have no idea. <laughs> how this game ended uh, nil all. It's proof that you can have a, yeah, a, a good, good nil, nil nil. Yeah. Yeah. So the, what that means, South Melbourne still two points. Well, now not still. The, the gap is closed there. Two yeah. points clear of Oakley. Green Gully have dropped to fifth. Well, it's a bit harsh on Gully as well, is it? They, they yeah, get a they draw, draw against they, the top side and they, they go down drop. to fifth. So Gully going to their next game. Well, Gully have now had two draws in back-to-back games and it doesn't get much easier. They take on Bentley in their next game at home before heading over to take on Melbourne Knights. A decent, a decent run for them in the next little portion. So Knights, St. Albans, Hume before Heidelberg away, Eastern Lions, Dandy Thunder. So they don't have to play any side above them for the rest of the season. So Green Gully might be priming themselves for a little bit of a decent run at it now in the next few weeks. They're four points ahead of Bentley. So that's going to be a really, really exciting contest on mm. Friday night. South Melbourne, on the other hand, as we mentioned, still two points clear. They should get the job done against Eastern Lions before. Again, a bit of a thin run over the next two. With I was taking on Dandy Nong before that game against Oakley, which shapes up to be probably the game of two seasons um, because of obviously the yes. permutations yes. for 2021. Uh, let's move on to the next one, Lockie. Let's go to the Croatian Derby. Croatian Derby. Night. Melbourne Knights won. St. Albans Saints won. Uh, Saints saving a point at the end there. Uh, Knights taking the lead quite fortuitously, a bit of a yeah, mistake Michael at the Gergich back there. with a, a moment that he yeah. will uh, not want to look back on particularly fondly. Just he, he shinned a, an attempted back back pass to to Will Lejeune, and one man you don't want to be giving um, nope. giving a free look to at the moment since he's, since he's come in for the Knights is is George Ott. So he gets his second goal uh, in three games, and he just once the the back pass was was latched onto by uh, by Ott, he just finished it nonchalantly and he's buried it continues to to look very very good in red i mean it was a pretty even game in the end as you said adam hodor uh, getting an equalizer just after the half on on the 56 minute pretty even game uh knights probably edged the chances lejeune will lejeune who was uh in for his first back-to-back start of the season in place of hayden brown uh had a shaky start but made a cracking save uh off the corner from jack marth 
And then right before the full-time whistle, Steve Sockol burned a half volley that he should have scored. He's, mm. I think, unfortunately, Steve Sockol's got a, a, a case of the yips because I think I think it's been about nine games since his uh, his last goal in the NPL Victoria, and is a, a far cry from I think it was fourteen or fifteen that he he scored for the year in NPL WA last year. So he's clearly got signs of being a a far better player than he is, but I think he just needs to to mm. find the back of the net sooner rather than later. But the big talking points to come out of this game. Um, other than the the result, which probably doesn't really do too much for either of the teams, a one or draw, uh, an injury for Jan Albano inside 30 minutes. So I was kind of hoping or expecting that this game, if Knights get the win, might push them on to a sort of a late run because they've got winnable games coming yeah. up, um, players coming back from injury, new faces in the door. Uh, but Jan Albano potentially with a hamstring could see him out for a, a while, hopefully not because he's been playing so well this mm. season. Uh, would probably rule that out. But I talked about new faces. And the other big thing that I want to mention is Taylor Shrivers, a yep. uh, 25-year-old New Zealander, uh, came in first game for Knights, first start, uh, played out the full 90 minutes alongside Aiden Bryce. And I think the Knights' defence looked far, far better for having him in the middle. And he just was there to sort of ease the burden on Aiden Bryce as well because at times yeah. defensively, I think he's been doing it a little bit on his own occasionally. So... On the early evidence from Taylor Shrivers, really, really good. I think one to one to watch out for for, for NPL Victoria viewers um, well, as the 25-year-old continues to bet in at Summer Street. Well, a bit disappointing uh, for Melbourne Knights. Ever since that win against South Melbourne, they've gone winless in their last three games. Yeah. They now take on Hume in their next game away from home. That shapes up to be a massive game for Knights, especially for Hume too. We'll get to Hume in just a second with their game against Bentley, but Melbourne Knights' hopes of finals... Very much up in the air. Going to be very, very tough for them to make up the ground. St. Albans, on the other hand, though, they're nine points clear of Hume and also nine points clear of Dandy City. I think they need to still just keep that in the back of their mind. That it's I know it's nine points. Yeah. And I know that's going to be tough they're for Hume and Dandy City. Probably fine. But it's not 100% safe. They haven't won in their last four games. They've only scored once in their last four games. Yeah, as well, well, that was the thing is that uh, Adam Hodel's yeah. equaliser broke, broke the, yeah, the, the so, drought for them. So they've only won one game in their last nine, and yeah. that is concerning to it say is. the least because they are being dragged closer and closer towards that mm. relegation zone, and they've got a very tough game at home against Heidelberg before a game against Hume City, and they still have to play Eastern Lions in that run as well. So you do get a sense that St. Albans should do enough to stay up. But don't win against Heidelberg. Hume City win that game as well. Dandy City gets some points yeah. as well. And suddenly it's not entirely safe. I think they'll have enough. They should have enough. I'm not going to put the jinx on them. But they just need to be careful. It's something just to keep in the back of their mind because yeah, their form true. is not great at the moment. That is true. Well, you mentioned in that run a nil or draw uh, between themselves and the Bentley Greens, which was a good result for St. Albans. But Bentley Greens uh, ending up this weekend with another nil or draw this against time Hume, yeah. against Hume City. Pff, great point for Hume. Uh, Tough for Bentley. Great point for Hume. Another sort of profligate display, this one, for, for Bentley, unfortunately. I mean, I, I noted, um, not this week, but the, the week before, that Bentley have scored more goals from outside the box. I mean, everyone knows that. But it's like, it's. I knew that they'd scored the most goals from outside the box. I think the official figure is 13. But I didn't realize how much better that was than mm. the rest of the league. I think it's almost like seven or eight more goals than the next nearest in the competition. Yeah. So I just wonder if maybe, obviously, two games have gone back-to-back now without scoring with a pretty strong squad. I just wonder if maybe that luck of, you know, whenever you're scoring a lot of bangers, you are sort of get, being the beneficiary yeah. of, you know, unlikely... Absolutely. Um, 
I don't want to use the word XG, but I'm going to drop yeah. it. Yep. Uh, yep. You know what I'm go, saying? Go for it. Um, I just, yeah, I just wonder if maybe they're, they're having that difficult spell because things are just leveling out a little bit. Hopefully, yeah. um, hopefully they can they can pick that up sooner rather than later. It's not going to be easy for them. Though, no. Because Gully are a pretty tight team this Friday, but it was a great result, that one, mm. for Heidelberg because obviously Saturday night, the final game of yep. the weekend at Paisley Park, they got the 1-0 win. Adrian Zara doing the damage early with a, a pretty nice goal, actually, cutting in off the left-hand side, which allowed Heidelberg, who... We're in the six for the first time this season uh, off the back of their result last week to consolidate their spot. They've now got yeah. clear air, a nice little three-point buffer between themselves and the Greens. So a great result for the Burgers. Absolutely. And talking about teams that also need to keep a bit of an eye, Altona not entirely clear of the, the trailing pack. Their, uh, I think, think Altona will be fine. Their defense, is, their defense yep. is too good for them Absolutely. To, to get stuck. But still have some problems up top, Loggy, which I just think they need to you know just keep an eye on. But it's going to be... A big game for them against Port Melbourne. They host them on Saturday and then a very a bit of a tough few weeks after they play Dandy City games against Avondale, South Melbourne and Bentley Greens. Lockie, let's take a short break yep. here on the MB, on the MPL Victoria probably back in just a second. With, um, with Victoria's our, hottest striker. Yes. The man who only scores hat-tricks, only scores in big amounts. The MPL leading goal scorer, Oakley Cannon's own Wade Decker. We caught up with him a little bit earlier. So uh, we're back with that on the other side of this here on the MPL Victoria pod. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the MPL Victoria pod here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Nick DeBarno and Lockie Flanagan back here today. It's time to get into our game of the round, Lockie. And it was a massive contest on Saturday night. Port Oakley up against Port Melbourne. A big 3-1 win for Oakley, second versus third. A bit of space now between themselves and Port Melbourne and also closing the gap on Oakley on South Melbourne in the process yeah, as well. just two points now. So it's really closing in and it's becoming a bit of a, a tight title race for potentially two. But we're not going to go into 2021. Yeah. Well, we'll just stay with 2022 for now. Exactly. And not only are we, are we covering uh, the most important game of the round, but we're covering it with uh, one of the most important players. It's not every day you're joined by the Premier Marksman in the NPL Victoria, but on this particular Monday evening, that's exactly what we are doing. Uh, Wade Decker, welcome. Hey guys, how are you? We're good. We're good. We're enjoying your uh, goal-scoring exploits this eve, or this uh, this season, I should say. And you very much, uh, I imagine, enjoyed the three-one win over the Port Melbourne Sharks on the weekend. Take us through the game because if uh, one thing has been true about Port this season, it's been that they've been very hard to put a single goal past at the best of time. But you guys managed to get three past them. Take us through the game. How did you find it? Yeah, no, I thought uh, we played really well, to be honest. Uh, we, yeah, obviously trained to have a bit of a game plan and we stuck to that game plan and it um, obviously just proved to work. Um, we were, you know, good enough to Clarkie score an early goal, which was good. 
which obviously always helps in any type of game to score that early in the second minute. And then not too long after, another one. Um, and so from there, when you get to fairly early goals, it's always going to be harder um, for Port Melbourne or any team in that case to go to, to obviously come back. Um, they obviously had a few chances. Uh, we, I thought, create a few more. Um, and then, yeah, come second half again to score again. Uh, what was it? 60th minute or something around there. Um, and B3 nil up. To be honest, I thought we felt comfortable. Um, and yeah, I thought the way we just played in general was really good. We moved the ball around, we defended well. Um, and yeah, in the end, got us the result we were hoping for. Well, Wade, obviously, this is two wins down the bounce for you guys. You had that bit of a, a lean run uh, where you had two, well, two draws and a loss, and now you guys are back um, in some form now with the win against Altona and against Port Melbourne as well. Um, what was the message coming out of that sort of lean patch and getting you guys back in form? Because it, it was looking a bit concerning for those three weeks, but you guys are now back in some, in some top form once again. It's sort of at a good point now as we get close towards the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, every team goes through a period where, you know, results don't go their way or, you know, something happens. So I guess for us it was, yeah, that little three-week, four-week period. Um, we actually managed to get a, a cup win against Knights during it. So that picked the boys up a bit. And, uh, again, we just started training harder, going back to basics. And uh, it was obviously a solid win against Altona, uh, which, yeah, I thought just set us up, you know, confidence-wise and everything against Port. And so to beat Port the way we did, um, you know, being third and being just a massive big game in general, whether they would have overtaken us or, you know, we edged points closer to South, um, to put a performance like that was um, fantastic by the by the team. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, it is what it is in terms of the three weeks that we had a bit of a lull, but um, I feel, yeah, we definitely are back. If you're just joining us, we're speaking to Oakley Cannons forward and the uh, leading scorer in the NPL Victoria competition, Wade Decker, obviously coming off the back of a 3-1 win over the Port Melbourne Sharks. Now, Wade, you, you spoke earlier about having a specific plan to, to take on and get around uh, the sort of strengths that, that Port Melbourne bring to the table, Adam Pittick's side. And I know you can't let us directly into the Chris <laughs> Taylor war room, but what was the secret? Because as I said, I don't even know if... Uh, Port would have conceded three goals a, a single time this season, and yet you guys managed to sort of uh, break them apart, this imperious defence. I mean, what what was the key? Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, Port, yeah, as you said, they're very structured, very organised. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess we just kept our lines a bit tighter. We just tried to uh, overload the midfield a bit more because that's what they've done in the past to us. So we just tried to overload over overload them and then uh yeah just going forward just doing what we do uh we're a good team that you know is able to break forward well and uh the front three four i mean all of us to be honest we uh i think we link up really well together and just you know on the same wavelength and so as i said earlier it just worked out really well that um you know we're able to win the ball in a good area and break forward and clarky get the early one and obviously got the second one so uh, yeah, we just, I guess that was a bit of the game plan, win the ball and break forward and uh, create some magic where you can. 
Wade, I'm not too sure if you guys are aware of this, but you have the best road form in the league despite playing one less road game than most teams in a round uh, in that point. I think you've you've won seven and, and drawn one and lost one, but it's an amazing run of away okay. form. Do you guys feel like as if, you know, when you go on the road, you guys are galvanised by that, that, you know, going on the road is no big deal. It's something that you guys, you know, relish that opportunity to potentially go over and, and cause a bit of a boil over because you guys have some huge road games coming up in the next few weeks against teams like Avondale and South Melbourne. Is that something that you guys relish? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wasn't aware of that statistic, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously I feel a lot of us just want to challenge and obviously there are big challenges coming up and uh, have been in terms of port at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, we were a team that, you know, knows when it's a big game and we work hard and work hard for each other. And uh, yeah, we'll play the, to the conditions, we'll play to the game plan and uh, you know, ultimately and hopefully it will work out. Wade, we, we've spent a, a lot of this uh, interview so far praising the, the team as a whole. I think we've got to give a bit more time giving credit to the season that you're having. Obviously, 14 goals sees you uh, atop the NPL Victoria goal-scoring charts at the moment. But what's been most fascinating about this uh, season that you're having for me is you don't seem to, to do things in, in half measures. You've scored, I think... Is it three hat tricks and one of them was a was a four goal hole this season? It just seems that whenever you feel like scoring, you're, you're doing them in uh, in droves. <laughs> is is this a, a conscious thing? It's just are you as um you know bewildered by uh, by that as as we are? Because it's it's just crazy the uh, the goal scoring run you're in. <laughs> no, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, look, to be honest, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what it's been. I mean, uh, we've just yeah, I've just. I guess, I don't know, uh, when I can obviously uh, score and when the ball's there, I've been able to put it in, I guess. Um, I guess in the end, it's not like we train to get the ball to me or, you know, to Dolce or to Clark. It's just um, whoever's there at the time and make it work type of thing. And, yeah, I mean, to get hat- three hat-tricks so far this season, uh, I wouldn't have thought of it, uh, to be honest, from the start of the season, but... In saying that, in the last two pre-seasons, I've, been, I've managed to score double figures in pre-season, whatever, maybe five to eight games, whatever we play. Um, and so, it's, you know, finally I'm actually quite happy that I've been able to put it in the season. Um, and, yeah, I guess, you know, the goals have been, I've been quite happy, yeah, really happy with them, to be honest. Um, and hopefully they keep coming. Wait, in terms of your attacking stocks, you guys have been bolstered in midweek. Obviously, Ryan Losty coming across from Eastern Lions. He's had a sensational season in a tough year for them, but him coming in. Have, have you had much to do with Ryan since he's come into the club? Has it just been a couple training sessions and all that? Or is he just, you know, sort of, you know, emerged in the past couple of days? Yeah, no, it's definitely just been recent. Um, so I, I hadn't had much to do with him just yet. I think I met him on Thursday at training. Um, and then we played together on the left side uh, in the second half. Um, and uh, I thought him and I did well. We linked up well. He defended really well. Uh, I thought the game he played um, was a, a yeah a fantastic debut. He um, yeah played a big part in our team, and I'm sure will play a big part in our team for the, the remainder of the season. I think that's that's one of the really fun quirks of, of football at this level is that you can have someone come in alongside you literally from one training session and end up playing a, <laughs> playing a game with them in, in a few days, just a few days later. Because believe it or not, with the mid-season window going on, that's not the only story I've heard of that happening uh, 
happening this week. But he, Ryan Losty, links in with, uh, you know, a number of attacking talents that have been going great guns for the Cannons this season, including yourself, of course. But how much uh, mm. are you enjoying playing alongside you know, a front three of, uh, of Knowles and, uh, and obviously Daniel Clark as well, Joe Guest in behind? All of you are having brilliant seasons in your own right. I mean, how much fun is it to, to play in an attacking outfit like that? Oh, I mean, that's why I play the game, right? Um, so, yeah, just go out and play with freedom and just uh, enjoy what I'm, we're doing, enjoy playing. Uh, I feel probably for me, the you know, it's a couple of seasons ago before COVID, it was a bit hit and miss because, you know, I was on the bench here and there. And um, this year to have consistency and just the licence to play freely uh, with, you know, as you said, Clarky, Guesty, Nolsey, you know, even Tyson and Ollie behind them and even our left and right backs, Fish. And, I mean, the whole team in general, to be honest, um, everyone's, you know, had has fantastic experience in uh, in what they've achieved. Um, but, yeah, I guess going forward, it's, uh, yeah, as you said, very lethal. Uh, we link up well. We've all played high level and different levels that we just understand each other and know how to move and work with each other. So, uh, it obviously helps a lot uh, having you know those uh, guys being able to link up with. So definitely am not complaining whatsoever, um, but very happy and enjoying the season so far. Hey, Wade, uh, can't forget that obviously it's a pretty exciting time for Oakley, not just in terms of the title race, but round of 32 of the Australia Cup is just around the corner. And it's a big opportunity for Oakley and a lot of yourself and a lot of other teammates to be on the national stage again. I guess how exciting is it to, to get that opportunity to play in the Australia Cup, something that obviously you were quite familiar with from your days back at Melbourne City too, but that chance to even maybe host an A-League side or go on the road and maybe play one of the national, one of the other NPL sides in another state, how, how exciting is that for you and your teammates? Oh, very exciting for sure. Um, I mean, and just for the club as well to be knocked out, I think the last two or three seasons just before the round of 32. So, to finally do it this year and in the style that we did being Melbourne Knights 4-0, uh, it was a great thing for the club and for us as a team and players. So, no, we're very excited. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're happy to, happy to do whatever, whether it's host an A-League team or, um, you know, travel. That would be awesome because we haven't done that for a while. Uh, and, yeah, I think as a team as well, we, we, we have a point to prove. Um, we want to we wanna do well in it. So... We are ready to take on whoever whoever it is uh, drawn. Is it Wednesday? I think it's drawn. I think it's Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, you say you're willing to do whatever, and something that you and the, the rest of the sort of first choice 11 have had to be very willing to do week in, week out is, is pretty much play the full 90 because we know that yeah, your head coach, Chris Taylor, is not necessarily someone who, who likes to make changes. He likes to... You know, put his faith in the the people who are delivering for him, and it does mean that you guys play an awful lot of football. I mean, how, how is how is the body, and how do you find that challenge of having to go again for pretty much the whole game so consistently? Yeah, um, look. To be honest, for me personally, I'm feeling good. Uh, body's holding up well, uh, and I think to be honest, most of us are doing quite well. I think we are managed well in terms of our loads. Uh, you know, after a game, you know, in terms of trainings and things, um, being the first training, not too much, and obviously increase it from there. But, um, yeah, my body's feeling well. From what I know, all the other boys are doing well, um, making sure we do our recovery. And, 
yeah, obviously it's going to be quite busy coming up now that we're in the Doherty Cup as well, mm. the Australian Cup, obviously the season. So it will get busy at some point soon, uh, depending who we draw. Uh, so, yeah, I guess ask me that question a few weeks and we'll see how we're going. But um, at the moment, <laughs> we're pretty good. Well, hopefully that answer is, is still the same in, in a few weeks' time for, for yourself, Wade, because it is a, it is a big few Thanks. weeks coming up, obviously, Dandenong City this Friday, but then Avondale and South Melbourne in successive weeks. I mean, that's a huge, huge month coming yep. up for the club. How, how are you looking ahead to those month of crunch fixtures, which could go a long way to de- deciding the sort of Premier's plate, not just uh, not just this year, but the year before too. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. The year before too, as well. Uh, right? <laughs> Is um, it, do you guys think about that at all? I, I have to know from the players' <laughs> perspective. Does it come up? Uh, I think someone mentioned it once or twice. Like, <laughs> not really. Um, but I think someone mentioned the other day. It's like, oh, by the way, we're we're doing all right in the previous <laughs> season. Um, <laughs> We just got to beat South and it should be ours. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of in the back of the mind. I think, though, with the season we're having this season, I think that's definitely our main focus. We're not too worried about um, the last season. I think the results will take care of themselves. But, um, yeah, as you said, Avondale and South Melbourne coming up and I think Bentley's in there. Mm. Um, It's going to be another big month. And, yeah, if we do what we did um, when we had it in the first half of the season. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, hopefully, well, it could finish off a really good season. So we'll um, see what happens. And obviously, yeah, looking forward, we'll train hard again and put a game plan together. And hopefully, yeah, the results can go our way. Just one more before we let you go, Wade. You mentioned the heavy schedule. We won't be seeing you make a trip back down to the church league anytime soon, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never know. Um, no, I'm joking. Probably, probably not at the moment. But um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be down there supporting my brothers and cousins that are playing. No, for sure, for sure. Well, Wade, good luck for this weekend. Thanks again for coming on. Um, again, you know, you're in some ripping form. It's been great to see you week in and week out, and great to see Oakley week in and week out. And there might be some silverware on the end of it. So again, thank you so much, and uh, we'll chat to you again very soon. Oh, sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Awesome. All right, we'll take a quick break here on the NPL Victoria pod. Back in just a sec. We didn't even turn the mics on for that second there, oh, Lockie. No. Hello and welcome back to the MPL Victoria pod. Nick Tavano and Lockie Flanagan here. Missed any of it, including our chat with Wade Decker. Yeah. Head over to our Spotify. What a nice guy as well. Fantastic bloke. It's, it's very rare that I pump up the tyres of a guest and they thank me for pumping up their tyres. Yes, that, yes, that was yes, nice. Yes. Usually they're just like, oh, they're like downplay it. They're very, you know. Yeah, he was, he was uh, very thankful. Humble. And he was humble, but he was well, like, thank you, Nick we, and Lockie. We, we must speak about the backstory behind why we didn't have him on last week. I sent him the Zoom link, but apparently he didn't receive it until like 9.30 at night. And he sends me a text saying, I just received the Zoom link. I'm and so unfortunately, sorry. we don't do the NPL no, Victoria pod after, after dark. dark. Otherwise, it would be quite an interesting show. Whoa, can I tell you that for certain? <laughs> anyways, oh anyways, let's move. Let's, 
Oscar's lost it behind uh, behind the glass. Look, um, well, you know the reason said, we're the reason we're losing it, the reason we're going crazy is because we're jumping into the NPL yeah, too, well, which is the was, it is the craziest league in Victorian saying, football. As I was saying before we got there, you missed any of the chat with Mr. Wade Decker. Head over to our Spotify or anywhere you get your anywhere, podcast. Catch up with your that, favorite we, podcast platform. Yep, but you, if you're if your you're a Spotify one. person or if you're potentially with Apple or you, you I don't know where you get your podcast off your RSS feed pocket or SoundCloud. Cast. If you're a pocket cast, yeah, man. well, there's, yes, or you can just. Um, yeah, go wherever you need to go. We'll go back to the Facebook live stream and just listen to it there again. Yeah, I do do that sometimes. Yeah, like well, to see Nick's facial expressions when uh, you know he has to talk about Italy or something. Yes, well, I guess that's a fair. Anyway, Italy Anyways, discussion um, has been at an all time low. Yeah, we don't, this, uh, we don't, we don't need to. But we can talk about the Italian clubs, though. We can, though. We can. So let's head over to MPL two. It was another big weekend of action. Um, really all was. around. Uh, we won't. Uh, we'll touch on a couple of the games. First, let's talk about the Moreland Derby. Moreland City uh, against Brunswick Juventus. Uh, and that good... is their official name, by the yes. way. Uh, we're hoping to get someone on next week to chat a little bit about the name change, a little bit about what's going on there. Lockie, you want to head over to the results page for just a second for uh, last weekend's action. A 4-1 win for Brunswick Juventus in that one. A commanding performance. Moreland City can't seem to win away from... Um, what are they? Where they? Well, well money. money. Well, Campbell Reserve, but I guess, well is the, money. the Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Money Park. Well, well money, money Park is the uh, yeah, it's the official name. Which can I just say? It's the, the Well Money Park has spawned the greatest NPL two playground insult of all time because I saw it on one of the NPL two live streams I was, was during watching. The eight nil. Yeah, is, we is someone uh, someone who I think was a bullying supporter referring to it as a bad money, money park, park, which is just <laughs> low effort, maximum so, impact. In well done. What that's done for the promotion race, it's le- it's gotten Brunswick Juventus right back into it after that loss against Bulleen last Monday. But it's opened things up just a little bit because Bulleen had the chance to go second, Lockie. And you did this game. Yeah, they could have jumped into the promotion places. Now, B- Bulleen have this issue that when they come off a Monday, they seem to play so poorly. Because And it's no surprise. It's a very short turnaround. We've seen it when they've played on a Friday Didn't night. Seem to affect Brunswick. Well... Well, it's different with them. No, Maybe they're true. playing on their home deck. Bulleen had to he- head no, down to Lawton true. Park, which is you head to Lawton Park, uh, good luck getting all three points because Lang Warren have played spoiler for basically everyone this season, and they did it again. They took the lead, but Bulleen were able to salvage a point. Lockie, take us through that game. Um, as we mentioned, Lang Warren just keep finding a way to steal the points from the rich. And unfortunately for themselves, yeah, I mean, they're not taking them or giving them to the poor. Yeah, they're not. They're not taking. They're not, they're not taking. Robin and Hood. they're not taking all three of the points no. as well. A lot of the time, um, I, I don't know if steals necessarily are the fair fair term to use with all of them. But yeah, Langwarren have taken points off. I think every team in the top four, with the exception of of Moreland City now. And this mm. was a big, big chance going begging for Bully. And obviously, yes. they came into this game. In the knowledge that the Moreland Derby had de- been decided 4-1 in favour of Brunswick Juventus, so all they needed to do was win and they'd be in the automatic promotion places, leapfrogging Moreland City. And unfortunately, things did not start off very well for them in this game at all. It was a it was a classic sort of NPL2 uh, junkyard battle. Uh, it, was a, it was a scrap of a... It was a hard-fought game. And Langwarren had the, the better of the early goings. Um, Bulleen really struggled with balls into the penalty box and... Uh, Langy youngster, Marwan Nilo opened the scoring on 13 minutes, a delightful ball in uh, from Sam Orrett and Nilo scoring. Get this, Nick, 18-year-old, come across from Heidelberg United Youth. He scored five goals this season in his debut senior wow. campaign. All of them at home. Yep. All of them headers. Wow. 
That it's just a ridiculous pattern, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, he opened the scoring, and after a really tough forty-five minutes for bullying, they did settle after going behind, but they were still probably, probably even. Uh, but nothing exemplified their sort of opening half struggles than Fausto Diamichis. Uh, going for a sub, and it wasn't injury-related for Mitchell Trochewski, bringing him off after 31 minutes. Wow. And I know it wasn't uh, an injury-related sub because he wasn't limping, and I could see his facial expressions. Mm. Uh, so Samuel McCall came on after 31 minutes, and they got into the break, uh, still down by one, but the halftime, whatever hair dryer, I can only imagine that Fausto <laughs> Diame just gave the bullying boys at halftime, it it definitely worked because yeah. they came out of the blocks pretty quick. They had a good opening 10 minutes. They found the breakthrough. Uh, Luke Pavlou scoring a really like a pile driver from the edge of the box yeah. on the half volley. And from there, um, Bulleen took a, a bit of bit of the ascendancy, I think. Lang Warren, to be fair, they took the ascendancy without having too much in the way of clear-cut chances. Lang Warren uh, defended really, really well in this yeah. game, aided by the addition of uh, a legend of Victorian football. And if you've been wondering where he's been at, uh, I'm talking about uh, Ramazan Tavsansioglu, who played his first 90 minutes after a single training session with Lange having you know, played for pretty much every club in the NPL Victoria. Uh, so he's back. He's been out of Victorian football for the start of this year, but he's back now and uh, played an excellent game, really suffocated uh, FC Bullion Lions until the final 10 minutes where the game opened up a little bit and Nick Sete had two really good chances to get the go-ahead goal for the Lions, but he wasn't able to do it. Brendan Naranjo Garini uh, has come across from St Albans, mm-hmm. came off the bench, um, could have scored towards the end, but yeah, Bullion blazed away and yeah, they, they weren't able to jump into the top two spots. Luckily for them, Paco... Also, also dropped drop points, points against, against Brunswick yeah, out of Dunstan Reserve, a one-all one game. draw there. So what that really does is it really makes things interesting. And just as I was looking at my Football 24 app, Lockie, I get an ad for a Warship game that I can't get off my <laughs> phone. Warship game. Well, luckily, it's, I've got the table in, yeah, so I've got the table in front of me I, here. I just, so it's, it's meant that there are four points between second all the way down to fifth. So Moreland City in second, FC Bullion Lions in third, Brunswick Juventus fourth, and Pasco Vale sixth. But two points between Bulleen down to Paco. Well, Paco so Paco's, tight. Paco's in fifth, sorry. Northcote's in sixth. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, Bulleen, in terms of that, you mentioned Nick Sete and his form in front of goal. Lockie, having watched a lot of him this year, he would be far and away the top goal scorer mm. in this competition. You mentioned how tight the golden boot race is as well in this competition. Um, if he buried half the chances he's had this season, yeah. he has missed a lot of good opportunities this year. Um, but he's been a brilliant I think he's been one of the best players in the entire league. Yeah, I just, I just think the whole front three for Bullion had just had a bit of an off yeah. day because even Max even Bachelor, Max Bachelor yeah. wasn't at his best. Yeah, I, I think the, the signing they've, they've brought in from St. Albans is a good one because I think their attacking depth since Jose Ramirez has gone down has taken a hit because now they start Everson and Bachelor. So their striking depth is quite thin. A lot of their defend, a lot of their players actually on the bench are defenders, and they lost Peter Sawan, who headed over to Brunswick Juventus um, in midweek. They he played his first game for Brunswick on Friday night. Um, but I've got a bit of a fun fact, Lockie, uh, before we get to the rest of these games and looking into next week. This morning, I went and got my flu shot. Right, and as I was waiting to Where get my flu shot, going? as I was waiting, you know, after you get your vaccination, you sit down and you, you have your 10, 15 minute wait. They okay. say just sit down, just in case you know this there's is off any to reactions. An inauspicious start. This so anecdote, I was sitting Nick. there and I was doing a bit of reading through the Football Twenty Four app, and I had a look at the the tables for the home section and the away section, like how teams perform at home, how teams perform on the road. Get this: 
between the top six sides, so this is Pasco Vale down to Northcote. They, they, so Pasco Vale, North Geelong, Brunswick, Juventus, Bulleen, Moreland City and Northcote have lost an accumulative three games at home this season. Yeah. North Geelong, Brunswick, Juventus and Moreland City haven't lost a game at home this season. Mm. Pasco Vale, Northcote and Bulleen have only lost once. Their away form, the away form of teams in this competition is horrendous compared to their home form. North Geelong have got the best away record with five wins, a draw, and two losses. Moreland City, five wins, three losses. Kingston have the third best road record, but they have the worst. They the are a relegation team yeah. on home form. Yeah, at your phone One Park, win, they six are losses. Terrible at home. It's unbelievable. They've won four games out of eight on the road. Bulleen are 3 3 and 2. More. Brunswick Juventus 3 2 and 3. But burying the lead here. Pasco Vale have the second worst road record. The relegation team away. Two home. wins, That's two crazy. draws, three losses. Less than teams like, as we mentioned, Kingston, uh, Werribee, Manningham, Brunswick City, who are battling. Hence why, really, Pasco Vale, they have put themselves in this position basically due to their road form. The reason why that they've performed so poorly has been their road form. Road points are so important heading into this final part yeah, of the season. Well, and you, you think back to even two weeks ago, their game against Lang, a 10-man Langwarren side yeah. that they lost to. I mean, if they got the win in that game, they'd be one point behind. Yeah. They'd be hot on the heels of Ball. So just racing through the rest of the fixtures, Northcote mentioning their good home form, a 5-2 win on Friday night against Kingston. Big three points for them. They're sort of in that mid-table purgatory, Northcote, because they yeah. win those games at home and then they get battered a week later. So they're, they're probably, on the, they're probably yep. a bit too far for but, them. Manningham coming back from a goal down to win at home against Werribee. Big the, three uh, points for them. Official opening of, uh, of Petty's Reserve. So yes. there's lots of people down yeah, there and well, they got the win. I, when, when I was coming home on Saturday night, Lockie, we, we caught up for dinner on Saturday night down in Glen Waverley yes, with Demir Kulash and Joey Lynch. Um, wow. I was on the way back. And Name this drops. Was, yeah, this was around 10.30 at night and the lights were still on at Petty's Reserve. Still pumping. Yeah, they, were, they were pumping late into the night there. You well, know, if were... you Look, realistically, if you think about it, it was a very important win for them because, as we know, the bottom four spots in the NPL yeah. two are the two bottom two are direct relegation. And uh, ninth and tenth are playoffs. relegation playoffs. So Manningham get themselves up to 17 points with a win. They're level Ooh. now with Kingston. They've and jumped Lang. them on goal difference. Yeah, they've jumped Kingston on goal difference. Ooh. So they're level on points with Kingston and Lange. So that really makes that final relegation playoff spot a lot more interesting. Absolutely. So to get that against a Werribee side who could have jumped them, mm. massive result. And North Geelong coming back from a goal down. Again, well, no, goal down, sorry. They were level early in the first 10 minutes against GV Suns. Went on to win 5-1. Yeah, we, we got goals. a bit excited when we it saw was, a goal and Valley scored an equaliser. It was a win. bit like the Avondale-Eastern Lions game. Uh, but in the end, North Geelong coming away with the win. So just having a look at the table, uh, North Geelong five points clear of Moreland City. Uh, they're right now seven points clear of Bulleen as well. So meaning that they're at the moment... Looking odds on again still to go up. Again, looking ahead to this weekend, some massive contests in terms of the battle for promotion. Pasco Val back at home against Manningham. Northcote yep. up against Brunswick Juventus. That's going to be a cracking contest on Friday night. Yeah, well, Moreland City versus Lang Warren. That's going to be a tough one because Lang Warren, as we mentioned, they've taken points from the rich. Yeah, Moreland we'll City is the only team they haven't taken in that top five bracket that they mm, haven't taken points. So it's not going to be easy yeah. for them at, at uh, Well Money Park. Well Money Park, but they have gotten draws against uh, against Moreland City yeah. away from home yes, before. So. Absolutely. And Boleyn at home against GV Suns on Saturday. So Boleyn fans, they're not playing Monday night. They're playing Saturday to accommodate for obvious, the obvious yeah, Can you imagine being from the Golden Shepherd? Valley and having to yep. play on the Monday night? Uh, North Geelong hosting Brunswick City. And on Monday night... That'll be a really good game, actually, yep. I think, just quietly. 
And Monday night down at UFO Park, that game will be live. I'll be there with Josh Parrish calling this game at UFO Park down at the Grange. Kingston City versus Werribee. We mentioned in terms of relegation stakes a lot. That actually becomes a very important game now because, yeah, as you said, Kingston currently in the playoffs. Word is apparently Trent Scopetis might be back. Word is his suspension may have been overturned. So that's a massive in for Kingston City in terms of their attacking third. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Well, it's, it's not the only pumping promotion uh, relegation nope, playoff we... race that we've got. Of course, the MPL 3 as well yep, let's, is, uh, uh, is all happening. You were there on Saturday. You yes. know who else was there on Saturday? Uh, well, our, our producer, Oscar Drew Rutherford, was there as well. And Oscar is getting ready to meander in. We've got his laptop right here, primed and ready to go. He's shadow banned from Lockie in terms of Lockie keeping him <laughs> C- behind the glass. Consider yourself, Oscar, unbanned. You may enter... Into the room, yeah. you've got your microphone. Welcome. For podcast listeners, it's all the same. But for the viewing public, Oscar is now Well, he's going to be a bit louder this time because his mic was very quiet last week. You can Hello. Sp- you can- yeah, there <laughs> you, you, you Suspense can- was killing you. You can speak. I thought you were about to drop some sort of, you know, tirade on Lockie. I, gonna, I thought he was going to say, I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> I am Oscar. Uh, but anyways, Oscar, we were down at Epping Stadium talking about MPL3. Massive mm. game for Melbourne victory. Um, 2-1 win. This game was obviously broadcasted live here on FNR. Uh, Melbourne victory back into third. A tie with Preston, who also won on the weekend against Doveton. Um, it wasn't. Let's 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 not bury the lead. It wasn't a great game. Uh, this was a real showcase, I think, of you know what's sort of because this is the weird stage of the season now, where a lot of the players who are on the senior books are off, like they're not mm. playing right now. So this is where you can expect teams like City, Victory, Western United to potentially regress a little bit with a lot of the younger guys getting an opportunity. We saw the obvious struggles early, but a really promising second half from a few substitutes, Oscar. Paddy Hogan, in particular, coming on and scoring the goal. Uh, what were some of your thoughts, I guess, from that game as well? Well, yeah, you talk about it. I mean, the second half substitutions really changed the game on the hour. Joe Palazzini's made that triple change, yep. uh, bringing on, well, it was Casper Hallam, yep. uh, Paddy Hogan and Nick Hamakiotis all came on. And that changed the way that the game was going. As you said, it was it was it wasn't great up until that point. wasn't <laughs> wasn't a spectacle. Uh, but then, just a few minutes later, Paddy Hogan opened the scoring, of course, um, on that left hand side on the left wing. And then, not too long after that, it was Adem Giradovic who scores yet another goal. He's in a, he's in some red hot form at the moment. So yeah, it's it's of course we are seeing some of those more recognisable names leaving these uh, A League affiliate clubs at this stage of the season. But it is really exciting to see some of these lesser-known players get their opportunity at this level and show us what they can do. And what we're seeing is that consistently they, they, they're more than capable of stepping up and contributing meaningfully to their teams. Well, I think the one player that really caught my eye, you mentioned Nick Hamakiotis and Paddy Hogan coming off the bench. Nick Hamakiotis in particular came on at halftime. Uh, I believe he was came on for just having a look. He came on for Alex Simopoulos, who has been a bit of a regular this season. You mentioned Hamakiotis and Hogan coming off those injuries, but replacing guys like Cabrera, who has been a, a staple in the team this year. I guess, how did you see... Um, have you seen them coming back into the teams? They've come off long injury layoffs as well, but Paddy Hogan... We've seen him at right back, yeah. now playing as a winger. Like, quite a versatile skill set for him. And it's the other thing that you get with these young players is that versatility in terms of positional um, opportunities because they've got coaching staff who are working with them in lots of different positions. So it's 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 kind of really dynamic and exciting as, as a way for the comp- or, or as a squad to function. And, and, yeah, as you say, I mean, I've got nothing but positive things to say about those players who came on in particular. Uh, of course, the, the players who are, who are more regular players who... who are also continuing to contribute. The th- I thought the Lino brothers were excellent yep. 
again. And Ryan Lethlean, he I thought he had one of his better games in, in in quite a while. So there's there's lots of good things going on at Melbourne Victory, of course. When you've got those th- these junior affiliate clubs, it is kind of largely about the bigger picture as opposed to the, the the results as a whole. But they're continuing to get results despite the fact that some of those more recognisable names aren't aren't present. One player that is good to see back over the last two games is Edmund Lepantu. Uh, mm. Two appearances off the bench, just slowly working his way back too. We saw him, I guess, you know, in the in the FFA Cup, obviously formerly the Australia Cup, or the other way around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, the Australia Cup, formerly known as the FFA Cup. He featured along with Ryan Lethley and Anthony Laban uh, quite regularly in those early few games. Good to see him back as well. 100%, 100%. Another one of those players that, as you say, coming back from long injury layoffs and it's it's kind of it's one of the great benefits of this system of having these youth teams is that yeah. you can build them back up and even though it's the off season of course for the senior A League men's team that they get these opportunities and, and and we're starting to see him find his feet again and so hopefully he'll get more and more minutes over the next few weeks. The, one more thing, Lockie, just about this game before we move on. Yeah, no, the the one player, and this is a player you've seen a bit of, is Slavin oh, Vranesevic, who, yes. who played his first game for Springvale on the weekend. There was a lot to actually like from Springvale defensively. I thought the first half they were very good defensively. And on the break, they probably should have scored just before half time. A really yeah. good chance for Paulino, who was one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And it looked like... Because he was playing at fullback and he hadn't gotten forward all game. It's like he just was deer in headlights yeah. and was like, where do I put this? Like, does, which side am I going here? And he put it straight at Christian Siciliano in the end. But I they fought. Say, I was quite impressed with uh, Paulino, actually, when I saw him yeah, play he a was, few he weeks Yeah, he was very Preston. good. Um, he was did well to stifle the impact of Panaris and Cabeda in the first half. And then I think against Paddy Hogan, the tired legs started to show and Hogan had no electricity. Um, but in particular, a lot to like from Slavin Vranesevic. It's been a tough year for Springvale. I don't think they're going to stay. I think that they're. It's it's a it's a it's a flip of a coin between them and Ballarat City for who joins Whittlesey in one of those relegation spots. Um, but there's a lot of young kids there. I think to to really keep an eye on. So a lot to like from that one, Lockie. Uh, just going through the uh, the rest of the results in the NPL three. The other big one in terms of Melbourne victory is obviously Preston Lions. They played on Friday night two 0 win over Dufton. Uh, a bit of a, a scrappy game according to Josh Parrish, but. Preston Lions are getting the result and learning to win ugly, which is good considering the the, the struggles they had against Dufton earlier this year. Chris Davies scoring from the penalty spot right before halftime. So a great result, a great result for them. Interesting. I've got to give a shout out as well to Chris Theodorides because Dufton did earn themselves a late, late penalty. And the footage is there on the Preston Lions Facebook page. If you want to go back and watch it, I strongly suggest you do because... Chris Theodorides, the former Heidelberg United stopper, did the Andrew Redmayne. Oh. Te- he did the Andrew Redmayne technique, and it worked. And it worked. Oh, it was wow. a, it was look as a really really poor penalty from Dufton, but Chris Theodorides made the save yeah. after doing all the theatrics. He did the full works. He walked up to the player with the ball. He really really drew out the process, and then he was doing the wavy arms on the line, dancing around, doing the full wiggle. Was and this, it worked? Was this so, at one nil or at? No, this was at 2-0. The game, the game oh, yeah, was yeah. over, but it's still like he... And he was probably in a, in a position where he could afford to be doing yeah. this sort of theatrics and stuff. But, um, yeah, shout out to Theoretes. And that sets Preston up for a massive game. game. A massive, massive game. Another home fixture this coming Friday against Nunawarding City, who have got three wins on the bounce. Mm. Uh, four wins in their last five, including that shock 4-2 game over over Melbourne victory. And they also, I think, got the, the wood over One, Preston yeah. earlier this year. So... That is a must-win game for Preston yep. against a, a team in strong form. Well, obviously, um, they, they beat Geelong 1-0 on the weekend. Uh, just yeah, running, well, that was a big game as yeah. well because Geelong, obviously, Absolutely. in that sort of 
outside of the just top four conversation too. Running through the rest of these results, obviously we've got to get to MPL Women's as well and also preview uh, the first division of MPL Victoria this weekend. Uh, Western United 2, Box Hill 1, big win for them. Melbourne City going to Ballarat, defeating uh, well, obviously defeating Ballarat. Uh, big 5-0 win there at Moorshed. Um, and North Sunshine, Whittlesey 2-2. Two, two. So Whittlesey getting an important big. point, but it's going to be very, very hard for them now to yeah, really Whittle, Whittle's, anything. Yeah, Whittlesey are probably going down. I just want to say big shout-out to uh, the choke from North Sunshine because they were 2-0 <laughs> They were two nil up and Whittlesey scored in the, I think it was the 85th minute and then the 92nd wow. minute. It was, a, sorry, 82nd minute and the 94th minute wow. to go from 2 nil down to 2 all in Incredible. So, And also, I believe that's a debut goal for Sadak. Yes, um, yes Sunshine. it was. Came it in from was. the fourth tier of football, uh, I believe, no, state league form. Yeah, cool. well, we might be looking at a, an, an Ondalesio sort yeah. of mark two there. Hopefully so he doesn't do his SEL. Just running through the rest of this weekend's fixtures, uh, Preston, Nunawading, easily the game of the round this weekend in MPL 3. Uh, Springvale White Eagles hosting Western United. Whittlesea hosting Geelong at Epping Stadium. Melbourne City up against North Sunshine at Parade. Doveton taking on Melbourne Victory away. Going to be one to keep an eye on. And the... The game that will be on MPL.tv this week is Box Hill versus Ballarat City at 3 p.m. on Saturday. So a lot on the line there. Let's get to MPL Women's, guys. Um, Oscar, let's kick off. I believe that you were at Box Hill versus Heidelberg this weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, I was. Heidelberg 2-1 winners in that game. What did you take out from that one? That was another really, really fun match. It's What you consistently get in the MPL Women's competition is, is you, you just both teams just go so hard for the whole game. Yes. And it's so exciting. And it's so end to end. And by the end, they're pooped. A hundred percent. And this was just another example of that. And and you see the way that all these teams are able to match it with each other for such a long time. And so the first half in this game was really evenly contested. Both period, both teams had spells being in control. Then we got to the second half and right at the beginning, the uh, Box Hill scored an early corner and you went, maybe there's an upset brewing here. But it was Heidelberg who, who came back strong and, Got a couple of later goals. Um, I think the first one was from Steph Galea and the second from Catherine Vlahopoulos. A come-from-behind win, uh, uh, which I think has been kind of uh, demonstrative of how Heidelberg have played a lot this season in the sense that they, they're they able to keep going harder for longer than most mm. other teams. And that's really gotten them so many of their points is their capacity to see out the full 90 better than most other teams. And and that's what we saw again with the, with the couple of late goal, goals to come from behind. Of course, it's really exciting. The continued, the madness that's going on between Steph Galea and, and Danielle Wise at the top yes. of the MPLW Golden Boot race. You do, yeah, it's not it's not unheard of that you get a shootout in terms of the goal scoring race, oh. but it's very rare that you get it between two teammates. Two teammates who who are and quite a distance ahead of third place as well. And mm. th- this isn't even the runaway dominant team in the division either. Yeah. So it's there are lots of things going on here, and it's really exciting to watch them go at it each week. But yeah, I, I'm consistently impressed. With Heidelberg United and, yeah. and the way they go about, and they have, you know, they've got just it's a great team spirit. You know, they, 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 they really, they, they really want. Would you, it. would you say that you love the, the way, way they, they go, go about it? <laughs> I might, I might go that far. Jinx. Well, uh, <laughs> glad, glad we had you at that game, Oscar, uh, because that was uh, easily the, the match of the round. Colder three 0 over South Melbourne and Alamein four 0 over Bayside. But uh, far game, more convincing. Yeah. It's not tonight's game. Well, it's supposed to be tonight. Tonight, Josh Parrish and I were supposed to be at the Venetia Club for Bulleen versus FV Emerging, but that game got called off due to a few international players being called up for that one. So, yeah, obviously for the Junior Matildas, so it means that that game is off. Um, so that's hence why they just said, quite, well, a, f- quite a few actually. That's why we're going to be the Monday Night Mafia next week uh, instead. We're, yes. we're not even being the Monday Night Mafia no, this but week. But you, and Josh, you yeah. and Josh will be. But um, yeah. yes, Colter just look like they're sort of 
cantering ever since they got mm. back ahead of Heidelberg. They're just kind of cantering. I mean, it's a, one goal conceded in the past like two months. It's, cr- it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's not shocking, obviously. We're, we are talking about well, Calder United, yeah. like the behemoth the of the NPL. Half this team's getting picked up by Western but United. So, even you know. even so, they are just in cruise mode at the moment. Well, obviously, uh, we'll see how it all plays out next weekend because there's some big games there. Alamein up against Calder. Alamein. You'd think they have to try and get some points on the board if they want to secure fourth spot ahead of FE Emerging, who are back. Mm. Got the game in hand as well this now. week against Bayside United. They expect them to win that. South Melbourne against Box Hill at Lakeside, and easily the game of the round. Heidelberg against Bulleen at Olympic Village on Saturday at 3 p.m. Get to that game. It is going to be a ripper. Guys, before we wrap up, let's go back to the top tier of men's football and quickly preview this weekend. It's going to be some big, big games at both ends of the table. Let's actually get some predictions for these games, guys, I reckon. So let's go sure. quick fire round. Start off Friday night. You mentioned it's the Green Derby. Green Gully versus Bentley Greens up at Green Gully Reserve. Um, a lot on the line for Bentley in particular. They need to win to stay in touch. Who are we fancying in this game? How do we see it playing out? Do you want to go first, Oscar? Gully will win 3-2. Wow. Big call. It's um, Big call. I like bold. I like bold calls. (laughs) That's my analysis. See, um, both teams coming off the the back of consecutive draws. It's it's hard. It's hard not to feel like we're going to see that again. Although Gully did win pretty convincingly last time they came up against against Bentley, if memory serves me correctly. So I... My head says draw, but I'm going to say Gully. I'm going to say Gully get the win. I'm going to say a two-two draw in this one. I reckon it's going to be an exciting game. But I yeah, just it will be a it will be a really good game. Yeah, uh, Oakley versus Dandy City at Jack Edwards Reserve Friday night at eight thirty. Say it in three, three, two, one. one Oakley, Oakley, <laughs> uh, Oakley convincingly. Suves will be going off. Make sure you get down to that one. Saturday three p.m. We have two games at three p.m. But kicking off at Avenger Park, Avondale versus Dandenong Thunder. The mid-season kings of the transfer window, Danny Dong Thunder against Avondale, who lost their own mid-season signing in goal goal, Mabratu, mm. to a hamstring injury. But no issue. They could just throw Stefan Valentini into the starting lineup. Yeah. Talk about just Crazy. any sort of play you can throw in. I'm going Avondale in a tight 2-1 win. I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. But I think they're just going to have enough class to win this one. Yeah. I'm really fascinated. I, th- I think, and I'm not just saying this because I will be on it alongside Steve Kerr, <laughs> uh, but I, th- I gen- genuinely think this could be um, the, the the game of the round. Um Thunder looked far improved for having Scott Lockhead in this side. I think 3-2 to Avondale, but a really good chance for Thunder to show what a difference these new faces yeah. uh, could potentially make, not just to the end of the year, but for next season potentially too. Oscar? I reckon Thunder can get a point. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they cool. did last yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah they did, no. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Again, is this a one on three? Yeah. Uh, bottom versus top, <laughs> Eastern Lions hosting South Melbourne. Eastern Lions, not a single win, a single point, at home since June last year, they're destined for the drop. I really want to say draw. I really <laughs> want to really say Eastern Lions want win. To say draw. And that's not a slight on South. That's just like the you, when you present yeah. the facts like that in the way that you did, obviously rooted to the, it has the table. To happen not eventually. a single point in nine games. Who better to do? You know, there's no tactical reasons for which I'm making a prediction just like this. It is genuinely just, yeah, Dennis Denudo, the vibe of the thing. It would be good if it Eastern Lions got yeah, a Yeah, for the story. I still think South, South are going to win. That's my prediction, but it, I could see it happening. South Melbourne wins 3-1, but Eastern Lions takes the lead. Yeah. Wow. I am going to say that, again, Eastern Lions come out like a house on fire and get them just on just pure vibes. I just got a feeling. 
And South Melbourne in the end will run over them in the second half. I'll go one step further and say the winning goals, the final two goals. I, I like your prediction, Nick. They're they're going to come in the final ten minutes. Like it'll be it'll be tight for a long time. Like all right, they finally got there. Yeah. I'm going to be boring 2-0 South Melbourne. Okay. Uh, Altona versus Port Melbourne, 6 p.m. Saturday night at Paisley Park. I'm going Port Melbourne 1-0. Because it just has a boring, dull 1-0 risk all over. I mean, this is two of the best Mm. defences in the league coming up against one another. It is hard to see a goal fest. I think Port have got to get back back on the winner's list. Uh, Yeah, I'll back them in. I think Altona might, might actually... Nab this one to be Ooh. honest. It, Port, Port are a Upset funny of the team, week. aren't they? Yeah. yeah, quite possibly. But they 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 look really good sometimes. And in other weeks, mm. they, sometimes on the big occasion, they kind of drop down. Yeah. And and this isn't the biggest of occasions, but it just feels like the kind of game that Port can slip up on again. And and I, I can see Altona get, getting a two nil win. Ooh, Jesus, that's that's yeah. like a seventh of the amount of goals they've scored for the yeah. whole year is two goals. So we'll see what happens that is, there. That is a bold prediction. <laughs> yeah. uh, the biggest part is saying Altona's going to score. Like, uh, Hume City against Melbourne Knights up in Broadmeadows at 7pm Saturday. Uh, Hume need points. It's a good chance for them, actually, against Melbourne Knights who haven't been in the greatest form. I'm going to say a 1-1 draw in this game. I don't. I can't see them being split. Melbourne Knights are in great form. Hume, though, have just been pecky as of late. I'm going to say it's a, uh, a Desmond. Uh, it's going to be 2-2. Ooh. Uh, I think it'll be a really good good game, though. I, I just think, it for me, it depends on, on whether or not John Albano, uh, how serious his injury was yep. last week. Like, if he's, he's able to, if he's probably not going to play. If he's able to feature, then Knights maybe have enough to, to get over the line. But yeah, I th- I'm going to go 2-2 draw. Pull one, Hume. <laughs> Galvanizing 4-1 yeah. win. Why? <laughs> vibes. <laughs> what is the reason? That's kind of been my, my approach up to this point is um, I, I, I'm visualising what I can imagine the score saying at this yeah. time next week on this page, and it just feels like a 4-1 Hume. Uh, that's, that's my depth of analysis. And also to F- final game of the round, St. Albans up against Heidelberg, Sunday at 3 p.m. I'm going Heidelberg, 2-1 winners in this. The, the vibes keep rolling through. Well, the the J-pin continues his great form up top, and I think Heidelberg are going to win this game. I'm... For, I'm Curious to see how this one goes because St Albans Saints got their last win against the side outside of the bottom three teams uh, against Heidelberg back in round seven. So it's a team that they have had the measure of previously. Of course, that was at Olympic Village where the Burgers did struggle to start the year. I think on the road, Burgers should should win this game 2-0. Yeah. Uh, what I would say is don't look at the foul count for this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be high. It's going to be a rugged one, but I think, yeah, the Burgers will win. Oscar? Yeah, yeah I'm going to be saying, yeah, Heidelberg will win. Well, before we go as well, must mention tomorrow night, Doherty Cup playoff semi-final between Green Gully and Heidelberg. Like it's almost like a play-in. It's, yeah, Green it's, Gully, it's, it's, Heidelberg. The, play, it's the, play in, the Doherty Cup play-in tournament yeah. up at, uh, in Broadmeadows. So head yeah, up there. at the Valley Park Event Centre. So surprised but, yeah. to see it there, but it'll be a good night and it will be streamed. I am going to go with a Heidelberg win in this game. I think Heidelberg advanced to the Doherty oh. Cup semis on penalties. Yeah, I reckon PKs as well. Yeah. I reckon it's going to be PKs. Sorry for triggering you, Oscar. <laughs> um, I'm sure you've made plenty of spelling mistakes in your career, Oscar. <laughs> you, yeah, no, that's right. I'd be shocked. Well, whoa. Um, okay, prediction time. Gully are going. Um, Gully are going to win. Regular time. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sound like Oscar's so, powering down. From <laughs> so the winner takes on. Just correct me if I'm wrong. The winner takes on. Is it? 
I'm gonna I've have to double check. I'm gonna have to double check. I've had a bit of a mental play. Is it Oakley? Is it Oakley? I don't. No, no, no. It's not Oakley because Oakley play Avondale. It's South, isn't it? Yes. It's no, no. It's not South. No, it's not South. They're knocked out. No. I said Oakley are playing Avondale. Oh, this is bad. We should know this. It's oh. It's Bentley Greens. Yeah, it's Bentley Greens. Of course, yes. it's That's Bentley right. Greens because they yeah. spanked Banyol in the uh, last mm. round of the Australia Cup. All right, guys, time for us to say goodbye. Anything bombshell. else that you guys are excited for this weekend coming up? No, I'm just looking forward to the football. It's going to be a good yeah, weekend. It's going to be another intriguing weekend. We'll be back next Monday again. Yep. Here, plenty to look forward to over the weekend. Get onto NPL.tv, wherever else you might be able to catch them. There's plenty of other auxiliary streams running alongside NPL.tv or just get out to your local grounds. Yeah. It's going to be a fantastic weekend from all the tiers. Yes, and also as well, I will just quickly say, um, if you are watching and you're a, a State League player, a State League administrator, an NPL administrator, anything like that, and as we get towards this sort of crunch point of the season, you want to have a game streamed, uh, Football Nation Radio are more than happy to help you uh, get your sort of one-off live stream happening. So if you do have a particularly important derby fixture or something, I don't care if it's State League 5, I don't care if it's Metropolitan 8. Uh, if you have an important game coming up and you'd like it to be uh, streamed, we're more than happy to help you. Chuck a bit of Absolutely. commentary. I know Nick Dubano is always up for a... Uh, Obscure Mate, fixture. you know me. When it comes to the obscure, Dubano is there. Especially, we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. Uh, but anyways, you missed any of the show, uh, head over to our podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, wherever you might get them. Big thanks to Wade Decker as well for taking yes. some time out and having a chat to us. Always a great, great interview, and we're looking forward to seeing how all the action plays out. So get down to your local grounds, tune in. It's going to be fantastic. So myself, Lo- Nick Dubano, myself, Lockie Flanagan. Myself, <laughs> myself, Nick Dubano, Lockie Flanagan, Oscar Rutherford. Oscar, again, thank you very much for coming on board. Uh, we'll be back again next week. But for now, it's goodbye.